Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. As I mentioned last week, the week prior, we had just arrived back from uh, Orlando, Florida from a few days of vacationing with the kiddos, Jose, my uh, pastor Jose and uh, Rebecca, um, my kids, they were kind enough to take us, generous enough to take us uh, to Orlando, Florida, and we had a good time. We had a good time with the grandkids, with the kids. Um, we ate uh, mofongo for three days straight. <laughs> Let's just say that by the fourth day, none of us could move. Uh, we were mofongoed out. <laughs> and, uh, but we had a wonderful time, and, and one of the days that I was in uh, Orlando, I, Becky and I wanted to um, just say thank you, and we went to Disney Springs, if you've ever been there. Disney Springs is a real nice place there, and we went with the kids, and we, were, we, we wanted to, uh, we went to see uh, Cirque du Soleil, if you've ever seen Cirque du Soleil, it's like a circus on steroids, um, and so we went to see that, and, 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 and we were waiting to have dinner, before going to Cirque du Soleil, and then the waiting time, of course, everything in Disney, you know you have to wait. So uh, waiting time was about 40 minutes. In that time, I kinda, I, I, I snuck out for a few moments to buy Becky a sweater, because that's the way I roll. <laughs> Becky was, she was cold, and um, so I, I kinda, I snuck out, and, and, and so I went to the Disney store on the premises there, and I took out a second mortgage on my house to get Becky's sweater. <laughs> and I, I couldn't believe but it was interesting that on my way there, you know what I'm talking about, Pablo, you know. And on my way there, I observed something that was quite interesting. It was an interesting scenario. There was a child that was about nine or 10, roughly nine or 10, and this child was screaming atop of their lungs. It was a young boy, and he was screaming obscenities at his parents because he didn't get a toy from his superhero store. And the child was red at his face, crying, and he was blatantly screaming these obscenities at both the parents. His parents were both eating ice cream, just minding their own business. While pushing a stroller with their second child and the stroller, ignoring the barrage of insults that were being hurled at the parents. As I saw this scene unfold, I was thinking to myself, what sort of discipline they may have in place because it's clearly not working. Then started to think to myself, some teacher has to deal with this child in school. Yes. There are students that have to deal with this child as classmates. Some poor woman is going to inherit this child as her husband. Some children will inherit this child as a father, an employer, as an employee, a community as a neighbor, and yes, a poor pastor as a member at a church. And all because a basic principle was either being 
underutilized or not being utilized at all. What is this principle that I'm talking about? Discipline. discipline. Somebody say discipline. discipline. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, you can read with me. Train up. Everybody together with me. Ready? Train, Train up. A child in the way he should go. He should what? Go. He should what? Go. go. And when he is old, he won't depart from it. The word discipline means control, regulation, direction, order, authority, rule. It means strictness, a firm hand. It means routine, regimen. It means training, teaching, instruction, to drill, exercise. It means the use of punishment. The training up of a child is not for our personal gain or manipulation or our satisfaction or our personal appeasement, but to train the child with the end of going. And not just to go, but to go with such a training and a discipline that they themselves will have a similar outcome or a better outcome than the environment that they came from. I want my children, and I expect my children to be better off than I am. They have to be better than me. It's part of the training. There is no excuse for you to be anything less. A child that is abused physically, mentally, and or sexually can have irreparable trauma lasting a lifetime without proper and adequate counseling, therapy, and yes, even medication. Children that are victims of this kind of an upbringing are at high risk of having a troubled life as adults. Not all but a, quite a significant amount will. But there too, and just as dangerous, is the consequence of raising children with little to no discipline at all. It's quiet in here. <laughs> Nothing says you love your children very little, like raising them with disregard of control, regulation, direction, order, authority, rule, strictness, firm hand, routine, regimen, training, teaching, instruction, exercise, and the use of punishment. I'm talking about discipline. Discipline is a necessary contributor of love. See, Discipline is the part of love that we don't like to hear. Tell me about God's love. I just don't want to hear about the discipline in God's love. Guys, love. 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 I don't know. Just, just love, love. Guys, love, 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 love. Yeah. Proverbs 3, chapter 11 through 12 with me my child don't reject 
Don't reject the Lord's Who's discipline? Not the pastor, not the bishop, not the, 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 the evangelist, the prophet. It's talking about who's discipline? Don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. Why? Let's go next. For the Lord corrects. For the Lord corrects. Who does he correct? He loves. Just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Love and delight are both demonstrated in how and who we discipline. Oh, it's going to be a quiet one today. I can sense it. I can feel it. You know, we're living in a time where there is such a disregard to discipline, authority, instruction. And the results can be observed in our schools. I pray for teachers, man. I, I pray Anyone who's in our educational system, anyone, anyone, counselors, principals, uh, the, the aides, the bus drivers, anyone that has to deal with children, pray and pray and pray. And I encourage the church, pray there is an attack against authority. We could see disregard in our neighborhoods. We could see disregard in our churches. It's interesting to hear the amount of children that disrespect teachers in our kids' ministry. It's quiet. If you are a believer, a so-called Christian, you show your arrogance to God when you choose not to discipline your children. Not disciplining a child tells God that you are better than he is. Why? Because, because God says, I discipline the children I love. See, parents, you have one through 18 years where your children are at the mercy of your guardianship. This means that within that window of time, you have at your disposal a defined timeline to help shape and mold your child. From needing guardianship to being able to provide guardianship themselves. In our country at age 18, what age? What age? At age 18, guardianship is transferred from the parent to the child at 18. Are you all listening? No matter if they are ready or not, adulthood at 18 takes place. There you go. Congratulations. There is no test to pass. There's no certification required. No approvals needed of skills. At age 18, your child, your sweet, sweet boy, sweet, sweet girl, is now enrolled into the brutal reality of what we all call life. Mom and dad, the scariest part of it all 
is that once your child is 18 years of age, your parental guardianship expires. Your say in his or her matters of life are but only a courtesy. And that courtesy is only when is given or required. When the kids move on and they get married, you're going to learn quickly. You're going to learn quickly that your say is only needed when requested. Only when requested. Till this day, when my kids arrive at our home, they let themselves in. They don't knock, no questions asked. We can be in the middle of a crisis. We could be in the middle of a crisis in our home. Let me tell you, we still have crisis. I'm married to Becky. We have a lot of crisis. And we could be in the middle of a crisis. We could be in the middle of dinner, a dinner date. I could have guests over in my home. If you've been in my home for dinner, you have experienced my kids crashing in. Unannounced. They just crash. In contrast, when we go to their house, we first have to call. We have to check if they don't have previous plans. We have to speak in codes. We have to inform them of what time we're potentially stopping by because we're just in the neighborhood. We have to then tell them and inform them what kind of a visit this is, whether it's a dinner, dessert, or just a coffee visit. We then stand at the door and we knock. I don't. And we wait patiently for someone to open the door. But when they come home, it's separate, it's different. And I celebrate that. It's okay. I kind of get a sense of pride when I have to go through that. One time, uh, Alexis and David, they were planning a surprise party for Becky at her house. Their house. And and we were just in the neighborhood. Just in the neighborhood. I said, yo, you know what? Let's go to Becky and David, uh, David's, I'm sorry, Alexis and David's house. Let's just, just, just go, ah, yeah, let's do that. And we pulled into the driveway and... And um, I, I, I just knocked on the door. David opened the door. And then he put one foot this way and put the door behind him. And he was like, hey, guys, what's going on? I was at the, I was, I was at the, I was at the door. I was like, I was. I was at the door and I was like, ah, we, we're just in the neighborhood, you know, just, just, we just thought we just, you know, we were just in there and I'm kind of like trying to look over the door, you know, and, uh, and David kept the door behind like this. He kept the door behind like this the whole time and he wouldn't let us in. He goes, yeah, it's, it's, and he, this came out of his mouth. It's not a good time. will burn your house down. (laughs) Tell me it's not a good time. And that's what he said to me. Yo! And then, I had never experienced that before. I never experienced it before. So I I didn't know how to react. 
So then what we did was, you know, they closed the door. I, I went back. I sat in a car at the bank, and I said, this brother just. He said, they said, we got to go. He said, we got to go. And uh, so we backed out, and we dropped a couple. We cursed that day. We did. I am not going to lie. My mouth was foul. I called that boy. I, so I knew that boy was something was wrong with him. I knew that boy was crooked. We just didn't know that, that they had decorated the house for the birthday party. And so Becky and I, we were just, we were mad that day, that day. So as soon as they were like, you know, the weekend came and they were like, surprise. I was like, I told you, honey. Right? Told you like, how beautiful everything is. You may be saying to yourself, well, I don't have kids. I don't have to worry about this because I don't have kids. And I don't plan on having kids. So this doesn't, none of this stuff applies to me. That is what I'm going to say to you. You're absolutely wrong. This has everything to do with all of us. The topic of discipline is very vital and crucial in our lives as believers, as Christians. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to read a few verses. For the Lord, for the Lord, for the Lord disciplines those he and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. His child. Continue. As you endure this divine discipline. What kind of discipline is it? Divine. It's a divine discipline. Remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child, whoever heard of a child who was never disciplined by dads, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're not playing an active role in the discipline of your children and you're leaving it up to your wife, that's out of order. Man up. All right, man up. Now, I'm not telling you to go home and spank and beat your kids up. That's not what I'm saying. You heard what the pastor said. He said, no, not at all. Discipline. Who has ever heard? If God doesn't discipline you as he does, all his, who? Oh, some of them. Who does he discipline? Tamara, who does he discipline? All. It means that you are what? Come on, together. If, hold on. If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, then if you're not being disciplined by God, let me say this again. All right. Let me say this again. If he doesn't discipline, what part of do not, let's try to keep our movement to minimum. What part of that didn't we get today? Lucky. I love if God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, then what does it mean? It means that you are what? Illegitimate. And you are not really his children. We're all God's children. No, we're not. No, 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 no. Listen, I'm going to tell you. No, we're not. 
Stop watering down God's word. No, we're not all God's children. No, no, we're not. No, we're not. Continue. Since we respected our what? Disciplined us. Disciplined us. Continue. Shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the Father of our spirit and live forever? Continue. For our earthly fathers disciplined us for just what? Stop. Parents, when your kids are adults, you're done. You're done. You hear me? You're done. You got to stop trying to interfere into the personal, personal space of your adult children. Stop it. You hear me? Stop. So discipline when it comes to the earthly parents, this is why I said your time is from 18, from 1 to 18. After that is done. Everything after that then is a courtesy. If your children want advice, then you can sit down with them, you would share with them, and they're giving you a courtesy, but it's not an obligation. Are you, is everybody with me? Everybody with me. I know we all come from different parts of the world. And, and different parts of the world, you're going to be a child to the day you die. And, 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 and you're a child. And, but I'm sorry, if you've come to the United States, in the United States, it works that way. Okay? But even in Scripture, it says that there's a timeline where discipline as adults has to stop. It has to stop. You got to give your kids some space. All right, not everybody likes that part. He said a lot of space. A lot of space. Then he like three states away. Three or four states away. No, I'm, I'm, listen, listen, I'm, be, I'm being serious. Mama's interfering in their, their, their children's marriages and relationships and, and the parenting style of kids. And I don't like the way. Mama, you, they're not your kids. They're not your kids. You got to butt out. And kids, if you don't want mom and dad interfering in the way you raise up your kids, then do it alone. Amen. Oh, okay. All right. Yo, I, I enjoy to see my kids going at it with their kids. It's the best. Ain't got interfering. Look at I'm like, yeah, you remember that? Yeah, go ahead, hand me that. You remember that? Papo, papo, papo. When I would discipline him, right? Papo Jose. Right? Jose, I'm sorry, Jose. Pastor Jose. And he was younger. You know what he would do? His favorite thing to do was to stand on the other side of the driveway in front of our whole community and go, I hate you! <laughs> It was like the the Phillies mutual, son. <laughs> All right. For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years. And what did they do? Stop being so hard on your parents, man. Still holding on to stuff. 
stupid stuff. Stupid stuff. Hey, she did this to me. I, look, they, they did the best they could with the tools they had. Man, I had a mom that, well, my, my mom didn't spank me. My, my mom abused me. It was, it was, it was abuse. It was, it was, you're going to go to jail type spanking. <laughs> but as I grew up, I had a lot of resentment inside. And there were times I didn't, I didn't know how to receive her affection because we just never received affection from her. And, and so it, it wasn't, it wasn't comfortable to, to, to be hugged by her or to hear all this mushy stuff. So we didn't have it in the house. Not with the mama. My dad was different. That was my mama. But then I hear, I hear the backstory. Man, the stuff she had to endure. The stuff she had to do as a young child. The, the, the stuff, the abuse herself. The stuff she had to deal with a stepfather who was a, a, an animal. You young women, you be careful who you give that title of fatherhood over your children. Don't be dumb. Stop it. And it messed up my mom, and then that spilled over into to me. I was messed up for a long time. And I remember when we had our grandchildren, my grandchildren loved my mom. And I, I was, it was so much love that it was sickening to me to see. It was, it was like sick. It would turn my stomach when I would see my children touch her face and kiss her and, and tell her how much they loved her. Man, my mom was, she was given a second chance. You know, she said, I'm going to do the best that I can. I, I, I made mistakes. I made mistakes in my, in my young life, but I'm going to be a better grandmom. I'm going to be a better mom. I'm going to grow. Why? Because we're not perfect. We're all learning. We're, we're all learning. So I'm going to tell you, you adult children, you got to let go of some of this baggage and garbage you're carrying for so many years and give your parents a break. Yes. All right. Verse 11. Oh, okay. But God's... But God's discipline is what? It's always good for us. So that he might, so that we might share in his what? Holiness. Holiness. That means that he sets us apart. Keep on. There's another, right? No? No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. Discipline hurts. And guys, I'm talking about discipline. Don't you go home and now go get a belt and a shoe or something. I'm not talking about spanking. I said discipline. And I was, I was very careful, all right, to define. Lorita, you mind? You <laughs> oh, Lorita's mom said, you see, give me a break. <laughs> I got you, mom. I got you, mom. I got you. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's it's painful. Continue. But afterward, there will be a what? A peaceful what? A peaceful what? Harvest of right living for those who are trained in this 
Hey, notice that the Lord's punishment and discipline isn't for the rest of the world. Did you get that? You know that this discipline, you know who that, who, you know who this discipline is for? The divine discipline is for his children. God disciplines those he loves and those he accepts as his own children. God's discipline is, is to set us aside to make us to, to, to reserve, reserve us and set us aside as his adopted. We're not foster children. We're not foster children. We are adopted as his own. Scripture goes on to say that if you are experiencing no discipline from God, then you're not accepted. Oh, I never get disciplined by God. I've never felt it. Well, then you're not accepted. Lastly, he calls you illegitimate. What does that mean? Not legally his. This is mine. That's mine. That's mine. See, as we continue to talk on this topic, uh, the topic about God's love, this is the part of God's love that we speak very little about. When we talk about God love hurts, God love hurts, there's a part, there's a component to it that hurts. True love is incomplete if there isn't a component of discipline. True, even in marriage, you need discipline. Let's not get into the marriage component of it. <laughs> Wives, let, let your husband run amok, and 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 why, And husbands letting the wife run amok, and there there is you're afraid to say this is out of order. I'm sorry, but I have to stand my ground. This is just out of order. I can't stand for this. What do we do? We go to a bar and we drink it away. Well, you know she is, and this is what it is, bro. Put your pants on, man. It's, it's out of order. I'm sorry, we can't have this. I, this is just not part of this is not part of our marriage. This is not part of what I signed up for. Speak about it. Let me get. Can I get? Can I get to my message? I know how to do this. I've been doing this for 30 plus years. <laughs> and it's the same. And it's the same with the wives. Hold him accountable. You see, your, you see your, your husband down a rabbit hole, rabbit trail, getting himself into trouble after trouble. Like, oh, the Lord is just going to work in his time. <laughs> Girl, you better put your foot down That's right. and up if needed. <laughs> but, 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 but listen, the reason I say this is because perfect love casts cast out all fear. Which means because I love my wife, Becky, if Becky is going down the wrong trail, I have to say, baby, I love you so much, but it's out of order. To the day I die. Say, baby, I love you too much. Do you know that that's what happened to Ananias and Sapphira in the Bible? They both conspired to lie to the Holy Spirit. Both of them. They colluded together to say, we're going to go to the church, to the temple, and we're going to lie. And the wife said, okay. And the husband was like, you with me? Yeah, we're going to do it together. So that's a whole other message. Anyway, you all with me? Discipline isn't bad. Discipline 
isn't always punitive. Discipline is necessary. As we finish reading the book of Hebrews, God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. This means that God's discipline prepares us to draw us near to a holy God by shaping us into a conducive, acceptable son or daughter as a result of God's discipline. We are living in a time where people, you know our ushers, I pray, where are our ushers? Can we give it for our ushers? You know our ushers, our ushers can't get people to sit where they'd like them to sit. They run and they do whatever, they, people do whatever they want in church sometimes. Like, no, I don't want to sit there, I want to sit over there. And they go, okay, God's love, God's love, be behind you. Poor, poor, poor parking staff are outside and they're out there in the rain going, right here. I want to park my car over there. <laughs> God loves you. And then you get in an airplane and pay $700 for a ticket and they tell you where to sit. You ain't going to, right here, okay. <laughs> But, but, in, but, in his, but, but in God's house, do what you want. Discipline. How do we know when God is disciplining us? How do we know? Well, let me give you some so you guys can uh, get going. <laughs> what was on Pastor Jose's chip? Uh, what, the, what was the chip on his shoulder? I'm sorry. I thought about it in Spanish. <laughs> Romans chapter 5. Listen to this. Chapter 5, verse 3. Listen to this. We can rejoice too when we run into what? Hold on. Hold on. What does it say that we can what? Rejoice. When can we rejoice? Anybody going through some hardship? Anybody just going through some things? Anybody? I'm just asking. Just asking. He says that we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. For we know that stop running, stop running away, confront it head on, and ask God, what is it? What's going on? Is it me? Have I done something? Pay attention to the climate in the room. Lord, is it me? Have have I sinned against you, or is it my children? Or is it, listen, I would, I remember telling my kids, I'd, I'd go through, it was funny, because I had teenagers in the house, I had my mom in the house, I had my mom-in-law in the house, it, it, it was interesting season in our life, and man, Beck and I, we would go through the drawers, looking through our kids' drawers, right. <laughs> looking through stuff, and, you know, and we would make our kids stand there and look at us, and I remind, it's my house, so, so I'm looking through stuff. And I'd go up in the drop ceiling. I'd be looking through stuff. Looking through stuff. And we'd find some stuff every once in a while. We'd find some stuff every once in a while. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And it was usually him. Crooked pastor. <laughs> <laughs> 
But, 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 but listen, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, we, we had an active role in our kids' life. From the moment they were born to the moment they walked down the aisle, and then when my son got married, you're done. You're done. Peace out. Huh? Peace out. You're done. So we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials, for we know that it helps us to develop endurance. And endurance develops what? Strength and character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Many times our life hurts can be ways of God training us and preparing us for what's coming ahead. So you think that this is the real challenge you're going through and God is saying, no, I'm trying to prepare you for what's still ahead. You think this is hard? No, what's ahead is going to be harder. And it hurts. I say, and this is what happens in many churches. We, we go to feel-good churches. Feel-good churches. And, and which, you know what? I think they all have a place and there's a time for it and all. But listen, I, I'm telling you, if you leave out the component of God's discipline and the reality that in love there is hurt, then you are lying to a people. Amen. And I won't do that. I, I, I won't do that. I'm sorry. I won't do that. I have to give it to you. Straight. And, 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 and. and and God will move us into new stages of growth. Guys, when I was 30 years old, 30, I had a full head of white hair. White hair. Just, just man, I, you, I'm like going, what in the world? My life. One thing after another. One thing after another. I have learned, now that I am, you I have, a, I have a peace that sustains me, that doesn't rock me. Why? Because of the firm foundation. A foundation is ugly. You don't see it as a mess. Foundations are messy. It's ugly. When Hector, my son slash brother, I was hoping he would be here today, my slash son slash brother, because my mother adopted him and my father adopted him when he was only three months old. And then shortly after that, by the time he was 14, then my father passed away. My mom was left alone to, to finish raising him. Shortly after that, at age 16, then my mother passed away. This child had all of the reason to be everything that he is in today. All of the reason. And can I tell you, with his own eyes, he saw his father die. He saw his mother die. With it, with his, he experienced it. At age 16, he was left. There, there was no guardianship. There was no legalities. There was nothing. And I was looking at him like, I don't know what to do, man. Because I just, uh, he's like, I ain't going nowhere. I'm like, going, so I guess this is it, right? Like going, yeah, man. And, and, and he was our son. We loved on him. Loved on him. Loved on that boy. Poor kid could barely barely stand in my presence because I gave him the same love I gave my boys. I gave it to him and I loved every moment of it. I was always giving him advice whether it was solicited or unsolicited, mostly unsolicited. 
I was always checking in on him. I wanted to check his finances. I wanted to see how he was doing with his credit. I wanted to see the stuff he was getting, his criminal. I wanted to make sure, hey, is there a history? I, want, I always checking in with him. Wanted to know about intimacy. I, want, I was in his life, you know, as, as a kid, all of the details of his decisions. I was involved. So involved that I don't even hear from him anymore. <laughs> After securing a job with the military a few years ago, he announced to Becky and myself that he was going to move out. He had gotten his own place. And he moved out, popped out, and left. And one day, he came back to the house, unannounced, obviously. He came up to the house, and it was just me in the house. And here comes my son now. He's a man, independent. He's an adult. And he comes into the house, and I ain't know what he want. So I was like, what's up? So I'm just off. Like, you, you okay? Yeah? You going, okay. Want some tea? Yeah, I got him some tea. And then he sat down, sat in one chair, he sat in another chair, and we were just looking at each other awkwardly. <laughs> and he goes, I don't know how to do this. I said, how to do what? How to be in the same room with you without you being down my, my throat. And I said to him, you're done. See, everything I did in the time that you were with me was so that we could get to the point where now we can do this. While you were with me, you were not my friend. You were my assignment. Now that you're gone, we could be friends. We could work on our friendship. Guys, I'm going to tell you right now, for you parents... It is so encouraging to have, to, to have kids, man, be a blessing in your life. I'm talking about not one, one kid over another. No, all of my kids are a blessing in my life. They're a blessing in our lives. Our kids help us be better now. Are, are you listening? I'm, I'm being serious. It is great. Great. They are generous. They bless us. Becky sometimes is modest. Like, no, no, you don't have to. Baby, let them. <laughs> I don't feel sorry. They, they grab, baby, go ahead. Is everybody understanding this? Yes. Many parents use their 18 years of training timeline to be friends with their children. And they waste valuable training time. And opportunities to grow their children because they're worried about likability instead of responsibility. Yes. Parents, use every moment, every scenario to teach your children. When you're fueling up the car, take your kids out the car, put the tablets away. Could I hear them and show you how to fuel a car? You ever seen kids lost? They don't know how, where to put the fuel? <laughs> Your kid has a, your car has a flat tire, bring them out. Teach them how to change your spare tire. Teach them where the spare tire is. There are kids that are fine out to be a surprise. That's been there all this time. <laughs> been there. Do it with my girl. I was teaching my girl to put oil in the car and, and how to do maintenance on a car. Routine maintenance. 
Remember, I used to tell my son Adrian, boy, you better change that oil on that car. Oh. I got it, I got it. Change that oil on that car. I got it, I got it. Coming home with the fly sneakers and the hat, looking fly every weekend. You change the oil on the car? Yeah, dad, I got it, I got it. Every weekend, I had a nice little hat and a nice little fly sneaks doing the walk because he didn't want to put the crease in them, right? I got it. And then what happened? The engine ceased on his car. You know what daddy did? I left that car. Oh, go ahead, Alex, what? I left that car. Every time I would go, it's hard riding a bike, ain't it? See you later, buddy. Pop, you ain't gonna drop me off? Nope. Nope, because I bought your car. And I told you what you need to do. And we rob our children of these experiences. And I'm going to tell you, a police officer is not out there to discipline your child. He's out there to enforce law. Enforce law. Are, are you listening to me? He's not out there to discipline your child. He's out there to enforce law. When there's yard work, take the kids to the yard. Take the kids out there. Put the tablet away, turn off the phone, we're going out, we got yard work to do. Man, I, you know, I remember my first, uh, uh, I, ha- I have 12 minutes, I have 12 minutes. Don't rob me of my time. <laughs> I remember the first time I had to shovel the snow in my house when all my kids were gone. And I remember I went to my shed and I grabbed the shovel. And when I grabbed my shovel, you know what was there alongside? There was a whole bunch of other shovels because we did it together as a family. I wasn't one of these punk dads that was out there, out there busting my chops while I had grown kids inside, just sitting around growing. No, my kids were always with me. They helped me. I, I, they were with me. If I had to clean the gutters, you're going to be with me. Hold the ladder. Hector one day was holding the ladder for me. I fell, almost broke my neck. with a chainsaw that was on. And I was yelling at him and he couldn't stop laughing. (laughs) To this day is my favorite story. But nothing is more beautiful than to call your kids and see your kids. They know how to cook. They, They know how to look out for themselves. They know how to stand on their own feet. They are not a burden to dad. They're not a burden to mom. They are a help to dad. They are a help to mom. Why? Because discipline. Carlos, you got me? (laughs) All right, so let me wrap this up. A second way that God disciplines us, his own children, is that he uses the Holy Spirit to convict us. All right, let me get spiritual now. John chapter 16, 7. This is, what, this is what Jesus said. But in fact, it is best for you, it is best for you that I, that I go away. Because if I don't, then the advocate won't come. And if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And what happens? And when he comes, he will the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Who does this? The Holy Spirit. It is not my role to convict you of the things that are out of line in your life. Not my role. 
Oh, you got home this week? Okay, next week you got another one? Okay, that's cool. And the next week you got another one? Hey, you keep, you keep messing around with your life. Oh, this is what you're doing this week? This is what you're doing that week? Listen, it is the Holy Spirit's responsibility to convict you. Not me. Pastor, you didn't say anything to me. I ain't the Holy Spirit. All right. I'm going to get you that one because I'm going to throw a curveball at you. To convict means to convince someone of the truth, to reprove, to to accuse, to refute. It's a cross-examination. The Holy Spirit acts as a prosecutor. He's an attorney in our life to expose evil, to reprove evildoers and convince his people that they need a savior. Man, I'm telling you, if you are getting into trouble and there is no reproof in your life, then that is a sign that the Holy Spirit doesn't dwell. That's it. Are you, are you getting that? Yes. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, t- don't do it. Hey, what are you looking at? Turn it off. Shut that. Delete. Block it. Watch something else. Hear something else. Go somewhere else. You shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be doing that. This doesn't always feel good. It, it, it can leave us with feelings of impurity and cleanliness. I get it, unwholesomeness. It makes us feel this way. But then it reminds, the Holy Spirit also says to you, hey, out of line. But then it reminds you, hey. But you also have an advocate, a comforter, a helper. And I'm going to lead you into righteousness. That's the beauty of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The beauty of the Holy Spirit is that it convicts us. It tells you this is wrong, but then it also gives you the remedy for what's wrong. You know how many of you have been in getting yourselves into some trouble. And he goes, uh-uh. Anybody? I'm just the only one. I'm just the only one. I'm just the only one. I'm just the, I'm just the, oh, there's only two. Okay, there's two of us. <laughs> Come on, you know what I'm talking about. One of the last ways. And this is how we'll be wrapping things up. One of the last ways that we can be disciplined by God is by the use of others. This is not a a fun one. This is not a fun one. This is where the church comes into place. This is one of the most delicate ones because you have to use discernment to know whether or not whoever is speaking to you is genuinely speaking to you on behalf of God or speaking out of arrogance or something that someone told him or something. While I was getting seated, my, and, and this is how I'm going to close things up, my grandson, uh, Jaden, it was his first time getting on a roller coaster. Right? It was his first time getting on a roller coaster. And he told his parents, nah, I ain't doing the roller coasters. But then he said, hey, I'll do it if Lolo goes. Lolo's sitting there like, what? <laughs> I, Lolo ain't doing roller coaster in a long time. I could, I could, <laughs> I could, I could roll a churro with some cinnamon and some. <laughs> but a roller coaster? Oh my goodness! I told my grandson, said, "Yeah, we're, we're gonna do it. We're, we're gonna do it." I was researching what's the weight capacity of roller coaster. <laughs> and while I was being seated on a roller coaster to take off and. He wanted to make sure that I sat with him and he held me by the arm and his dad was in the front, right? And um, 
And and there is the the teenage uh, operator who I'm sure is highly trained to operate <laughs> roller coasters because he went to he went to of course roller coaster university <laughs> and he's up buckling everybody up and putting down all the, the the seat things. I'm like man, I hope this thing clicks more than twice. <laughs> and he's putting down the clicker thing and then I don't know if it was a it was almost like a move of God while I am being clicked in here. I saw my son Jose in the cart that was in front. And what I saw was, it was spiritual. It was a spiritual thing. And I saw the belts were dangling in his cart. And, and I saw in the spirit that the bar hadn't gone down all the way. And I was sitting here with my son and I'm watching this and I'm like, Lord, is this real? Am I seeing this? Or what is it, all of this? And I, I, I kid you not, I could feel the Holy Spirit say to me, that is exactly what it's like when you see a brother and a sister in trouble and you turn your face and don't help them. And then we dropped it. Went, ah! Okay, it was, it was crazy. But it was, it was a constant reminder that we are in each other's lives to encourage, to inspire, but also for accountability. If I see Luis had a line and I see him getting himself into some trouble, because I love him. Listen, because I love him. I'm going to tell him, I love you, bro, but you out of line. You got to check yourself, bro. Thank you. George is my friend for over 40 years. He's been checked a lot of times. He's checked me, but I've checked him more. But I remind him, I love you too much, man. Why? Because the devil wants to rob, to steal, to destroy, to kill. And I love my brothers too much to see them going down the wrong path and I don't step in to say, hey, man, I'm concerned. Angelo, I had checked that dude out a couple times. You've had to check him? And you've had to check him too? Okay, yeah. Yeah, because I've had to check you too. She all right, just yeah, me too. <laughs> no, listen. No, you think I'm kidding? Listen, Emmy, how long have you been in my life? Oh my gosh. Since I was 16 or 17 Huh? Huh? And every time I bumped into her, it's making me cry because I love you. Because I love you. I want to see you do well. I want to see my children do well. You're my family. I want to see you do well. It's not that I want to. No, I just, I just, come on. It's that, that roller coaster. I want to see you do well. And this has nothing to do about, you know, just, just trying to probe and being in other people's lives. But no, I love you, Emmy. Or I love you, Angelo. I want to see you do well. And it goes it's the same for Emily and, 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 and Alexis and, and on and on. And, you know, just to check in with people. You go, hey, you, are you okay? And it's good to get checked. Check me. Check up on me, guys. I am not divine. No, I'm telling you, I am not divine. You better check. <laughs> check on your back. <laughs> check, 
attack me. You know what's you know what's fun. You know, sir, and 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 my kids and I, we've given permission as adults. We have permission to have dialogue. I give them permission and a space. Hey, we're gonna do it respectfully. Make sure watch it. And 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 don't check me. Hey man, I didn't like the way you you said it. My daughter's favorite thing is it's just your tone. That's her favorite thing. It's just your tone. <laughs> Galatians chapter 6 verse 1-3 Dear brothers and sisters Let's stand to our feet Dear brothers and sisters If another believer is overcome by some sin Listen You Who Are Godly should gently, gently and humbly help that person back onto what? Right path. You help. And you do it how? Gently and humbly. And then it says, be careful, next. Be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Amen. Is there more? Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. Scripture said that. You ain't that important. We get a t-shirt. You ain't that important. So let us, I, I hope this helps you. As we leave here today that we understand that there is a component. Adult children, man, when your moms and pops are talking, listen, honor, respect. Open your ear, open your heart. Put aside your pride and listen. Parents aren't around forever. You don't know what I would do right now to hear my dad's reproof. I lost him way too early and not a day goes by that I just would love to hear him just call me all the things he used to call me. You knucklehead, irresponsible, big out what's wrong with you and all of these things he used to say to me and, and he did it in love because he loved me so much and my mom the same. <coughs> guys, don't miss that opportunity. And guys, appreciate each other, your relationships, your friendships. In the community of the church, parents, we co-parent together. Don't be offended if you see one of the teachers tell your child, hey, stop it. You're out of line. Don't jump in there. Not my child. You come and talk to me. Well, you need another church. Because in this community, we do it together. It's communal. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.